0: Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Lunt. Hello, everyone. And I am Jake Trowbridge. How do you do? Was that to me or to the guests
1: uh, both
0: uh, I be do fine
1: oh good <laughs> thanks for asking you 're so polite <laughs> that 's what I want to hear
0: <laughs> all right, so today, episode five we 're talking drafting strategies. Now, this is going to be kind of a, a a mashup of both dynasty and redraft. A lot of things are applicable for um, both uh, league settings or both league styles. Um, So kind of take what you want. Obviously, if something's more Dynasty related, we'll let you know that. Um, But otherwise, you know, you can pretty much say this is just for your standard PPR, you know, redraft or Dynasty. No crazy settings, no super flex, no premium tight end, etc, etc.
1: That's right. And, and we, we kind of started thinking about this and we kind of dabbled back and forth between, oh, maybe we break it up into a redraft versus a dynasty versus this versus that. And there's so much overlap with these um, that it's just good sense to be able to combine them for you. Um, but we do make sure we're going to make sure that we point something out if it's really specific. Absolutely. So first things first, before we get into the to the funness of draft strategies, um, what are we drinking this week? Oh, we are drinking a little delight here. We're drinking a Tropic of Thunder lager from Stone Brewing. Yes, I'm very excited
0: about this. A tropical lager, which I've never had before, so I'm really excited about I this. I've never
1: even heard of such a thing. Neither have I. It's it's uh, from the Port of Escondido. That's just what the back of the thing says. I don't think that's accurate, but it's, uh, I don't know. I'm excited. So it poured a nice, thick gold here. Yes. you like? It's not your crystal
0: clear lager like you'd normally see. It's got a little bit of a haze to it, but uh, that could be from all the hops, I'm assuming. Uh, since it is a tropical lager, they probably did some dry hopping.
1: D- dry humping? Hopping. Oh. Hopping. Get your mind out of the gutter. I don't know. I just didn't want to drink a beer that somebody had dry humped. That's all. Uh, I still would. It smells like the tropics. Oh, it's good. It doesn't have that typical lager flavor to it. Uh. Yeah. Man, we've really been hitting on these bitter beers lately. Yes. What is this? I have no idea. We're I just trying think. to get you over to the dark side of IPAs. That's all this is. This is uh, a weird, long workaround of an intervention. This whole podcast was actually just designed to finally get you drinking IPAs. Perfect. Yeah. It's worked so far. So far, so good. Yeah. me. I really like this beer.
0: It's really tasty. It's not not bitter. Like I said, it doesn't have that uh,
1: that kind of quote-unquote lager flavor. I like it. I'm gonna gonna say not crushable. No, that's been like all of the beers we've had recently. We'd say, ooh, crushable summer beers. Uh, Not so much. Not for me. No, I wouldn't say crushable, but I could have a couple
0: of them. You know, I could have a couple of just about anything. Well, true. Um, This one does come in at 5.8 percent, so a little bit on the higher end. So yeah, I get what's you know. couldn't drink you know 10 or 11 of these that's right well you could if you tried let's be honest but um but yeah would you want to i don't know probably not but it could be though not gonna complain perfectly fine
1: perfectly fine um let's talk about something that's better than perfectly fine let's get into our drunk trade of the week oh it's my favorite (laughs) i'm so excited to talk about this one so you guys listened i i appreciate you you rode in. We got actually a lot of quality submissions this week. Um, we'll have to kind of spread these out a little bit because there were so many good ones. But the... This clean, one is great. This one is great. <laughs> it was uh, incredible. This comes from at DFF on Twitter. And he says, Bunny was in Mexico and heard the Packers might sign Des Bryant before last year. So Packers, we're already like where this is going. Mm-hmm. Apparently he ate the worm and offered me Julio... That's Julio Jones for him. I texted him repeatedly for two days asking if that was a joke or he accidentally sent it. No word. Accepted. He texted me when he got back to the U.S. and said he was never drinking again. Classic. That is classic. That is incredible. And, you know,
0: Jerry, I wouldn't even feel bad about this at all. You gave him plenty of time. Plenty of opportunity to to yeah. retract the offer to get an out on it, and you know what? He didn't say anything. So he good was on you. Deep ya. in Mexico. That's right. Good on you.
1: Absolutely. Honestly, I think he was a lot nicer <laughs> than I would have been about it. I might have asked once just to make sure, but even then, I probably would have sent it, you know, in some weird secret text kind of way where he couldn't really decode what I was asking, just so I'd have a reason to accept this trade because that is wild. Oh that is tequila is a hell of a thing it sure is holy man uh so that's incredible uh absolute win by by we, far
0: the most lopsided uh drunk trade
1: oh God, yeah. to date <laughs> we're we're <laughs> regretting this one on a scale of uh punch yourself in the face to uh seclude yourself in a dark room for three months Oh, punch yourself in the face. Yeah. Oh. While secluded in yes. the dark room for at least a week. It's uh, terrible. That's rough. That's a rough hangover to come back from. <laughs> that is. <laughs> so, love that. Thank you guys for sending those in again. We're going to have more in the upcoming podcast, some more quality ones coming at you. So, keep them coming to us.
0: All right. Now, into the meat of the episode. Um, we'll count back, starting with number 10. These are really in no particular order, um, but these are kind of our top 10... Drafting strategies uh, that we like to implement. So, number (laughs) ten.
1: That was nice. All
0: right. Look for value with older players. Uh, This is specifically more geared towards dynasty, although it does have redraft um, implications as well. Absolutely. Uh, You know, you can still get multiple years' use out of them. Uh, You know, especially with dynasty, people get infatuated with the young players. It's a young man's league. You know, you gotta, you know, gotta get them when they're young. And that sounded (laughs) sounded worse, it sounded bad, I know. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I just was like, that was
1: bad. (laughs) You're not going to be allowed near playgrounds anymore, man. Uh, and, And just for clarification, what are you defining here as older? What do you think is a good cutoff?
0: Well, it depends on position. Sure. You know, usually for running back, you hit that 28, 29 years old. You know, that's over the hill for running backs. Wide receivers, it's usually about 30, 31 um, depending on the position, you know, if they're a speed guy, it's usually about 30, you know, could be, you know, 32, 33, if they're more of like the slot slot guy. Um, same thing with tight ends. It's usually about 30 or so is when people expect the big drop off in production. So um,
1: those like guys usually, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, they usually slide in the drafts. They usually fall um, where you can get them much later than you would expect them. And you get really good value and they'll still produce for years. And if you're lucky, you get a year, two good years out of them. You can trade them away while the value is still really high on them. You get maybe some of those younger players that people are frustrated with because they're still not performing.
1: So there's your number 10. I love that so much. I want to take it into a back room. That's how much I love it. Um, My number nine is going to be keeping in the same kind of uh, area here. Uh, This is specifically for Dynasty. And I like to uh, avoid taking running backs early in a startup Mm -hmm. dynasty. Um, I would much rather load up on your top flight wide receivers. Your Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins types. These guys have more value to me than even uh, Zeke Elliott. And I know that's blasphemous to some folks. But just in terms of how much you're going to be able to get out of these guys, running back shelf, shelf life is significantly smaller. Mm-hmm. There's so much turmoil and tumult that comes with that position. Well, they and get much more beat up, more wear and tear at the position. Your injuries are, are going to be tougher to come back from mm-hmm. a lot of the times with running backs. And once they're kind of out of that position, it can turn into a carousel really quick. Um with them swapping in another guy, you've heard a lot of people say things like running backs don't matter. I don't fully buy into that philosophy, but there is some sense to it because they're a little easier for a team to replace. Look at it Hunt today. It Williams. is more plug-and-play. And I also just like the idea of getting my running backs through the rookie draft. Um, it just makes again a lot more sense to me because these are guys who can produce right away. So if you can draft them in a rookie draft, mm-hmm. you'll get that quality as a, as opposed to drafting your wide receivers in the rookie draft and maybe having to wait that couple of years for them to really take off. Mm-hmm. Running backs every year get a fresh new slate. And hey, Dustin, you know what I like about rookie running backs? What's that? I get older, but they stay the same age. Oh, oh Lord. Lord. All right. But seriously, it's a fresh crop every year. You can replenish, replenish, replenish. And... uh but you can't easily replenish those top flight wide receivers. All right. Very good. Yeah. All right. Number eight on our list.
0: Don't be afraid to zig when others zag. Ooh. So what do I mean by that? What do you mean by that? It means, for instance, if there's a run on running backs, look at wide receivers or tight ends or quarterback, look at a d- different position because there is value there. Because, you know, if you're at the tail end of a, a group of running backs, why reach For a running back that might be in a different tier or, you know, instead of being that RB2, you know, is now in that RB3 range, you know, you could grab them probably the next round or even a couple rounds later, grab a, grab a wide receiver. You know, that position has a lot of extra value in it right now. Or like I said, tight ends, QB, anything else, just, you know, don't, don't react to a run. Take a deep breath. That's right. It'll be okay. That's right.
1: Don't let other people push you into a pick you're not comfortable
0: with. That's right. And at that point, you might start the next run on a position. Be the leader. That's right. There
1: you go. Don't be the sheep. I love that. I love that. Comfort. It's just being comfortable, Mm -hmm. right? In your own draft. In your own draft skin, if you will. Um, I love that. My number seven tip here for draft strategies is to try and minimize risk in the earlier rounds. So you're risk adverse. I'm a little bit risk adverse only in those first rounds. The, and I first first rounds way. meaning what? I would what? say your first three rounds. Okay. Okay, so um, you hate to have your first draft pick, regardless of what format, be tanked because mm-hmm. you, you bought into only the upside and you didn't weigh what the potential risk was. So I I felt this pain pretty uh, strongly in our draft last year, in our home league draft, when I took Le'Veon Bell. And yes, Le'Veon Bell, when healthy and when not being a a holdout, is a very steady producer. But there was risk baked into him when I drafted Mm -hmm. him. But I drafted him anyways, and I felt that sting. Now, if, I, if that was a fifth, sixth round guy, that's not as good right. to come back from. You can absolutely do that. And so that's why I say mid to late rounds, absolutely take chances. You know, Don't be afraid to buy into somebody that you personally really like, even if other people don't. Or somebody that might not have the, the highest ceiling, but has tremendous upside. Um, and to go along with that, so back end draft picks, yes, go for upside. Also, nice to get high-end handcuffs Mm -hmm. at that stage. And again, that's that's not a safe guy. That's not saying that this person is going to get a ton of work and a lot of production for you. But if they do, if the guy in front of him gets injured or traded or whatever, then all of a sudden you have a top-flight player. And it took nothing. To get this person. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather do that than draft somebody who you say, well, this person's going to get a hundred touches and you know they'll they'll get me six hundred yards yeah. and a couple of touchdowns. And, you don't want the low floor guy. Yeah, that does nothing for me. That's not somebody that you're going to feel excited starting, and it, it just it's not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Very good. Number
0: six. Um, this is specifically in a one QB league, uh, but from you know some of the other experts out there, I've also heard this is. Um, you know, position to take for uh, super flex leagues as well, although not nearly as popular. Uh, but it's draft a QB late. Yeah. You know, there's such good depth, such quality depth right now with, with quarterbacks. Every year, the rules are getting tweaked and it's becoming a more pass friendly, quarterback friendly league. You know, passing numbers continue to climb, touchdowns can p- continue to climb. You know, you don't have to draft a quarterback early. Let your league mates do that. Let them take Patrick Mahomes in the second round and and Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers in the third round and, and et cetera. Fools. You know Absolute what? Absolute fools. Absolutely. I mean, look at this last year. Matt Ryan ended up being the number two QB and he was probably, what, like the 12th to 15th quarterback taken off the board.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, I don't know without was actually looking at it, but he was
0: not drafted very high, but very well could have won you your league. So when when everybody else is drafting their quarterbacks, snag up those other positions. You know, get your get your good value with your running backs, wide receivers. Take a QB, you know, somewhere in that ninth, 10th round-ish, right around there. Again, depending on how your league plays, if um, even in a one QB league, I know in our home league, second quarterbacks start going very early uh, in, in our that's league. Right. And so that's
1: that. What you talked about earlier, though, with the positional runs, and you have mm-hmm. to be still confident to know when to get into it. So right. if, at, there's as, is a certain point in that run where maybe you start thinking about you have to take somebody, but again, you shouldn't force yourself to like you're saying. Right. But there is such good depth right now that there's no
0: reason to take a quarterback early and and sacrifice really really quality players
1: in other positions absolutely love it um number five here find value in quote-unquote injury prone players that aren't actually injury prone there's that label Mm -hmm. that gets tossed around so much Mm -hmm. and i don't know that people really understand it or can interpret it correctly a lot of the times, injury-prone is not a guy who has been injured a lot. That's not the same. Injury-prone is somebody who gets a recurring injury. So, for instance,
0: injury-prone would be Clay Matthews and his hamstrings. That's correct. Because every year, his hamstring blows up, and he's got a tweaked hamstring.
1: Every year, he has to go buy a new set of hamstrings on Amazon, wait for him to come in, Get him fit tested. Send him back a couple of times because they're never the right size. And then finally he's okay to play for like a year and then they get injured again. So so that's the type of player we're talking about. That's injury prone. Somebody like Keenan Allen a couple years ago when everybody avoided him so much was not injury prone. It's just a guy who had a couple of unfortunate injuries. Fluky injuries. Fluke injuries. Was that a lacerated kidney or something like that? I don't know how you could imagine that's a prone to injury player. You can't do anything about those kidneys, folks. It's just not, it's not, not a possibility. Another guy like that is Carson Wentz that I've seen people avoid. Mm-hmm. And, it's look, it's fine if you think that his injuries that he's had are ones that could creep back up, but he hasn't had the same type of injury over and over. So if, if you want to avoid injury-prone players, again, somebody who can't get their ankle right, right? It's just constantly fucking them over. That's at- fine. <laughs> <laughs> i support that stay away from those guys but just because somebody has had an injury that doesn't mean that you have to avoid them permanently going forward absolutely i i concur 100 percent. good i i know you're like 97 to 98 percent before my argument so i'm glad i could push yeah, you you did you pushed me bit. you pushed me
0: that's good that's good all right next um I know this, this. This may go a little bit counter to what we were kind of talking about earlier Uh-oh. or kind of alluded to. Uh, but my personal opinion is, if you're on either end of the draft, first or last, because if you're not first you're last, um, you know, don't be afraid to reach for your player. If there's a guy you really want and you know that he's not going to be there, come the turn when, when you're up. Yeah, you may be reaching. But if you truly believe in that guy, go get him. You know, as we've said before, fantasy football is supposed to be fun. You want to root for the guys that you have on your team. Hell yeah! If that's going to make it more enjoyable for you and you're going to have more fun, by all means, just freaking go for it.
1: Freaking do it, guys. Just freaking you know, do so, it.
0: So don't be afraid to reach for a player that you really like.
1: And I don't think that goes in the face of what you were saying earlier about you know positional runs and holding steady. It's not, you're not saying that, well, I should just draft a running back here because the running backs are going now. You're saying there's this one guy that I really want to get. Yeah, I'm not going to chance that he's not there next round. I think that's totally reasonable. And it, you know you're going to feel the sting if you decide to wait and then that guy gets snatched up before he right. comes back to you. Exactly. I think it's been like five of the last six years in our home league here,
0: Aaron Rodgers has gone first overall. Mm-hmm. They want to go out and get their guy. Thank Granted, you. we're all kind of homers in our league, um, but that just <laughs> shows that like, much. well, not that much, no, but yeah. it just goes to show you want your guy, you go get him. So True. kind of an
1: extreme example. But I don't begrudge them for doing it. I do I know. make a little bit of shit out of them for doing it. Oh, absolutely. It I give them shit about it. That should <laughs> happen. But hey, they're doing them. They're following their hearts. That's right. That's beautiful, man. Uh, number three. This is a little bit of kind of a, a different philosophical, psychological strategy here, but study your teammates' rosters before your picks. Mm-hmm. So this is what you're talking about. If you're at the turn, you're waiting for your player, right, you want to analyze, do I have to take them now, or can I maybe wait six spots and take somebody else ahead of him and he'll still, still come back to me? Well, the easiest way to do that, look at your teammates' rosters so far. What are they lacking? Mm -hmm. Do they not have any running backs yet? Is your guy that you really want a running back? You should probably consider taking them. Now, if they are all of the teams in between your first pick and second pick are chock-a-block with running backs, well, then you probably have a little bit more confidence to wait and take them at that second time. But there's no reason to go full blinders in your draft and just avoid entirely what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you want to adapt their strategies or get weirded out about you know what they're doing, again, with those positional runs. But don't just ignore what they're doing either. Use it to your advantage. Absolutely. All right, number two. Uh-huh.
0: You said number two. <laughs> I'm always number two. <laughs> Uh, let the draft come to you. Now, what that means is, you know, we've we've kind of talked about a little bit already. You know, you don't want to necessarily reach for players. You don't want to grab a position because you feel like, oh, my God, I'm going to miss out on this. You know, let the draft kind of come to you. Let it play out. Not on you. No, not on you. To you. To you. To you. Yes. Yes. Uh, and this is where tiers are important. I know we've touched on this in uh, previous episodes. You know, instead of just going by straight rankings or the ESPN top 200 or... You know, whatever website you pull your information from, um, you know, don't go by necessarily what the quote unquote rankings are. Um, while those are a good starting place, and if that's all you have access to, that's fine and dandy. Uh, but, you know, this is where, where tiers are important because if you have, you know, your running backs all grouped together, you know, you, you have your six or seven studs and then you have your next, you know, ten or so running backs, etc., cetera, et cetera, you know. If if one guy you really like is drafted right in front of you, well, you know then, okay, this is where we're at. Here's some other players, similar value that I think they're at.
1: Yeah, and these are my just, comparable, comparable dudes I'd feel yes, fine with.
0: Yes, absolutely. So you just kind of let it come to you. you. You know, Every draft is different. You never know someone... We'll take a shot in the dark, draft a player you weren't expecting to go, throw the whole thing out of whack. It'll start that positional run way sooner than you expected. You know, someone drafts a kicker in the fifth round and all of a sudden everybody's (laughs) drafting kickers. Oh my
1: God, give me that leg. I need to buy into Greg the leg right now.
0: So, you know, just, just kind of let it come to you and, you know, have an open mind, you know, to how you want your team to look.
1: I will tell you. So, uh, listeners, both me and Dustin are in the middle of our rookie drafts right now for our respective dynasty leagues. And this just happened in my rookie draft where somebody clearly did not let the draft come to them um, <laughs> at all. And it, it, again, this is like, this is where some of this clashes because we're saying, yeah, make sure you get your guys. And I'm just judging from the outside. I don't know what this guy's thinking, I don't know what his mentality is. But, you know, he took Noah offense. Fant- number four overall in the record Is this draft, a so tight end four. premium? This is a tight end premium. So it's still short and it's super flex as well. Um, so he took Noah Fant uh, above um, TJ Hawkinson, which fine, whatever, he liked the guy more. He then went and took, because he had a ton of picks this year, took Darrell Henderson, from the Rams, mm-hmm. number the third round pick, I believe he was. Yep. Back up to Todd Gurley, went ahead and took him at the 107, Ooh, which I just never. That's spicy. Seen before. <laughs> and it was because his the two or the couple of running backs he really liked, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and David Montgomery were off the board. He said, "I want my next running back." Clearly, that was the his guy. guy. He, I don't believe that he was using maybe a tier situation, or maybe he was. Maybe he was. Maybe that was the last guy in his top tier of running backs. There you go. He wanted to make sure he got him. Um, but, but there's an example of maybe some of these conflicting strategies at play here. What you might think is one strategy, it actually turns out to be a different strategy for somebody else. Anyways, <laughs> I just thought that was fun. So, number one. Number one. Again, this is not the most important, but I would argue it's pretty important. Following up on what uh, you just said, Dustin, about tier rankings, is I like to use point projections instead of straight up rankings. And even when I'm assembling my tiers, Avenger style, I like to use a projected point total to, to really clear things up. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to just say, well, this guy I have, or, or my site that I use that I trust, they have this quarterback at quarterback 8 and this quarterback at quarterback 14. Well, that looks like a really big gap, so mm-hmm. I want to make sure I get the guy at quarterback 8 if their ADP is similar. Well, that's fine, but a lot of the times the difference between quarterback 8 and quarterback 12 is maybe a point, a point and a half per game, which is nothing. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. Do you want to have to reach two rounds earlier to get that quarterback eight instead of two rounds later to the get to get that quarterback twelve? I don't. And quarterback twelve could easily be
0: quarterback eight at the end of the season. It really, you yeah, know, so absolutely. Like you said, it's a point and a half a game. That's fifteen yards passing. That's yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's nothing.
1: That's so <laughs> small. Uh, well, probably more just depending on, on your league league settings, settings, I yeah, guess. But yeah. regardless, um, uh, that's so minute and you're letting so much value, actual mm-hmm. value slip through your fingers exactly. then if you're doing it that way. So my recommendation is if you don't want to do this yourself, if you don't want to stat out every player as Dustin does, um, uh, but I am less uh, on that. I will use somebody else's interpretation or a collection of those interpretations But affix something to them besides just that arbitrary ranking, Mm -hmm. you know, and then use that to guide you uh, instead of just the ranking itself. Because otherwise, you're leaving value on the table, my friends. Yes. Yes.
0: And I think, you know, as that kind of wraps up our top 10, I think kind of the theme of the day is value. Mm -hmm. You want to maximize Mm -hmm. your value in the draft. That's right. And, you know, you don't want to leave that on the table. Don't reach for guys. Like I said, unless...
1: Unless you really, Unless you really, really want. Yes. I feel like everything we're saying here does come with an asterisk. It does. Maybe it's your team and it's your draft. Like I said,
0: it's supposed to be fun. We're supposed Fair to be right. having fun with this. Yes. That's why we're doing the podcast, because we have fun with fantasy football. We love to talk about it. It's just it's fun for us. Do whatever you need to do to have fun with fantasy football. That's right. really all that
1: matters in the end. That's exactly right. These are suggestions. These Absolutely. aren't die-hard, set-in-stone must-dos uh, or must-don'ts. So yeah, do, do you people, do you. That's right. So hopefully you found some, uh, some quality advice. Would some you say gems. some
0: value in today's episode? I
1: would, I would. Well done, uh, well done. I have my moments. You really do, man. Proud right. of you. Proud Any last you. parting words? Um, this beer has remained about the same for me, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I it's, have not moved it up or down my no, rankings.
0: No, it's fine. Yeah. I have no issues with it. Like I said, I could drink a couple. But it's not anything
1: uh, to write home about. I think I was really excited about the name, Tropic Thunder. And I think I let that cloud what, I, what it was in my head. Well, that is a great movie. It really is. So I can understand why you'd be excited. Yeah. That's really all I had to say now. Any right. parting words you want to leave uh, our um,
0: friends with? As you said, um, I was... Have been working on statting out all the players for the season. I'm I'm pretty close to finishing that up, so maybe I'll get that posted on our website. Yes, and uh, post some tweezer tweezers.
1: Yeah, post some. We're, we're giving away a set of tweezers to the first <laughs> listener that accurately predicts all of your projections.
0: No, I am. I am, will be tweeting some teasers. Ooh, okay, there Hence we go. As
1: tweezers, uh, would would teaser tweets be abbreviated as? Tweezers, though? I think Kendra's so. That's where I was going. Now? TM. Okay. Tweezers, TM. That's that's uh, upstanding in a court of law. That's right. You can't undo that. All right. So, yeah, check out our
0: website um, in the next few days for that. I'll hopefully be getting that posted. As always, the website is drinkingandtalkingff.com. You can find us on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. You can find me, Dustin Lunt, at FFDustyDog. You can find me Jake Trowbridge at the very accurately named Trowbridge. Feel free to hit us up. Any uh, questions? We'll you know address them on on a future episode. Um, we'll also you know get back to you immediately. You don't have to wait until the next episode you know to hear your question. We will respond we're in active. a timely fashion. I like
1: to think that we're pretty yes. uh, active on the on the tweetser, on the tweezers, if you will. Absolutely. Uh, or if you just want to talk shit to us because you disagree with everything we said today. That's fine. That's do fine. That absolutely. Yeah. Do it. Again, do what makes you happy. That's right. Okay. So until next
0: week, um, keep talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.